Hello, hello, how you doing? Welcome to the NTT20 betting show, the sound of the start of your weekend. And to be honest, George, given that for the first time in a good few weeks, we are not being asked to join Sky Sports EFL coverage on Friday night. I think for me, it really is this week. The sound of the start of my weekend. Cheers to you, my friend. Looking forward to this uh, betting show. Uh, a show, of course, that is for over 18s only. It's a show about betting and betting certainly comes with a lot of risks. This show really encourages you to bet responsibly. If you're going to have a punt this weekend, please head to gamblerware.org to learn the risks that come with betting. George, we're sponsored by SpreadX. They are supporting us once again on this betting show. Yeah, they are great, great people at SpreadX. Um, delighted to be sponsored by them. As you probably know the drill if you listen to this regularly, if you don't, then do check SpreadX out. Not only do they offer all the fixed odd stuff that you're used to with your, with your other bookies that you might have, there's also a spread betting option, which is a different way of betting. You know, your, your losses can exceed your deposits. It's important to learn about the risks. There's lots of reading you can do on the site. My DMs are open for anybody who wants oh, to get in yes. touch as well. Slide in. I've been a client of theirs or a, a user of theirs for the last decade or so. And um, everything from a variety of ways to bet, you know, spread it, spread betting offers something a bit different, different markets. I think it enables you to kind of force your opinion down other avenues, I guess. So if you really like the chances of an outsider, but you don't necessarily want to bat them just to win, then spread betting offers you a way to kind of get with um, where you can still make money, even if they don't necessarily go the whole hog and take the three points. So do check it out. Go to spreadx.com. Have a look around. Ask me any questions. George Ellick, forcing opinions down your avenue since uh, late 1990. What a phrase that is. Of course, they've got a sign-up offer for you, the listener, as well. If you're not a SpreadX customer, bet 10, get 10. It really is as simple as it sounds, but there are terms and conditions to check out. If you head to spreadx.com forward slash NTT20, that's where you'll see the T's and C's of that offer. And if you click through there and sign up, you will receive the bet 10, get 10 sign-up offer. Last week on this show was better George, better after a, a fairly fallow few weeks. Three wins out of six picks, but crucially both naps came in. And that that as a starter for 10 is always uh, is always pleasing. Your Bolton nap, my Bristol City double chance nap uh, came in. I also had a bit of joy with Northampton double chance. Grimsby and Scunthorpe let you down. And Argyle let me down, going down 1-0 to Ipswich Town. So not by no means jumping for joy, but better and that that strategy that lay treble as you called it or the double chance treble as it ended up being uh, for the purposes of the show uh, happy with it and I feel energized heading into this weekend so tell me let's get into it I'm really looking forward to this weekend's EFL slate and I'd like to know what your best bet of the weekend is my best bet of the weekend is Fleetwood to beat Swindon wow um yeah, I mean, there's a bit of four to five at the moment, the spread X, but I don't think that's going to hang around for long because other firms are shortening up pretty quickly. You sound, you sound like Matt Chapman on the Cheltenham coverage there. There's a bit of four to five, but I don't think that's going to hang around for very long. Yeah, but Matt Chapman does that thing where he goes like, and it's it was one to two in the morning. It's been absolutely smashed into four to nine. And you're like, what? <laughs> that's like one tick. Anyway, a uh, great professional. Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, this is pretty obvious to me. Fleetwoods under um, Simon Grayson have improved a lot and they are in a brilliant run of form beating Ipswich in midweek. Um, they, they've won four of the last five games against decent opposition. You're talking Gillingham, Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury, Lincoln, all teams who are up towards the top end of the table or in very good form playing against the Swindon side who are just in desperate form, to be honest. You had the, the, um, 
you know, he had the, the reaction of, of John Sheridan, the manager, after the last game where he was pretty lost for words, didn't really know what to say um, to try and compensate for that miserable performance. All the performances are poor. You know, I watched them for 90 minutes against Oxford the other day and they were just abject for the whole game. They are, are starting to sink without a trace and it feels like they're coming to breaking point with their manager. Um, for Fleetwood, the loss of Chad Evans seemingly hasn't made much of a difference. They've now lost Paddy Madden, so we'll see what happens with that one. And one of the weirdest transfers in the history of football, with Paddy Madden signing for, for Stockport. Just bizarre. I'm, I'm just surprised he didn't wait a couple of months and get a move to another League One team, which I think he probably would have got. Um, but they've got quality players still. You know, Wes Burns has, has been probably their best attacking threat in the last few weeks and months. And I think they'll have too much for Swindon. You know, four to five at the moment, I reckon at three o'clock on Saturday, that'll be probably four to six, eight to 13. Smashed that makes in. It. Smashed in. That, that is, <laughs> see, that is a move uh, right to talk about. Um, yeah, so so Fleetwood, my nap here. Of course, talking of Matt Chapman, you'll be on BBC Radio 5 Live with Mark Chapman on Saturday. Very important not to get those confused. <laughs> Two excellent broadcasters. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing um, 5 Live on Saturday. Bit different to my normal stint. We've, we've done it before, but not this season where I'll be, I'll be in for the games. So it's a kind of around the grounds program where there'll be reporters at plenty of the games, but I won't be at a game. I'll be sitting at my kitchen table on Zoom with uh, a couple of ex-pros and Mark Chapman, and we'll be talking through the goals as they go in. Mm, great show, that one. And, and 9pm on Quest, you'll see me and Big Dean Ashton alongside Colin Murray with the Quest highlights. So we've got you covered this Saturday. Uh, my nap, my best bet of the weekend is in League Two. There's a game between two teams on 61 points, George. Cambridge United, who are second, and Forest Green, who are third, but have played two games fewer than Cambridge. You know me bet better than anyone, George. What do you mm. reckon my stance is here? Who do you reckon I'm backing out of Cambridge and Forest Green? Forest Green. It's important to be consistent in life. And I take that yes. very seriously. And I'll be backing Forest Green as my... You're nap- going to find it funny who I, who my next two picks are because we are both being consistent. <laughs> Good. That's all you can ask for. Uh, seven to four, Forest Green is my nap. 2.75 if you like. Uh, decimals instead. Uh, interestingly, I was expecting to look at the latest Fox Punter ratings and see Forest Green, you know, much better than Cambridge in terms of underlying numbers. That's not really the case over the last few months. However you slice it, four, eight, 12 games um they're fairly similar and they're both kind of mid-table in the underlying numbers um in that time so it's a funny one they're all very bunched up in in those terms uh in league two as they are in the actual league table and i think it's 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 looking like there's no class team in the division uh and that's making it quite difficult to choose who the very best teams are but i think for me it comes down to a few things forest green they've won six of their last 10 with two defeats. Cambridge have won five of their last 10, but they've had four defeats in there as well. So while Forest Green have had a couple of absolute shockers recently against uh, Stevenage, I think, and Southend potentially, um, it's Cambridge with, with four defeats have had more off days and some of their wins as well with these late winners uh, from range. I can think of two games in particular, O'Neill and Mullen, you know, full credit for playing to the end and getting the goal but you know when we weigh up performances and and use that to project going forward it's not a tick in the box is it necessarily so I'm enjoying the Cambridge story for sure this season I think you know leaving betting to one side I'd be I'd be buzzing to see Cambridge go up because no one fancied them pre-season you know there were so many new managers 
uh, without any experience. A lot of them promoted from within clubs across the EFL to start the season. And I think for the most part, they haven't gone very well. I can think off the top of my head of at least three or four who have been sacked already. But Mark Bonner bucking the trend with some really impressive management. But to me, nothing really about their performances screams sustainable top three behaviour, if you will. And I spoke about it on last week's Totally Football League show Extra Time, went back through their last eight games in minute detail. Uh, and I said, look, I'm I'm not really buying this. I think they're I think they're lurching around a bit. I think they're kind of clinging on. And then of course they had that crazy game against Oldham where they they went 2-0 down, 3-2 up, saved a pen, which would have made it 3-3, and then scored direct from a corner to make it 4-2. So there's there's not a lot of rhyme or reason to them at the moment. And I think I can be more confident of a Forest Green performance than I can of a Cambridge one. They might not have the top scorer in the league, Mullin, or Wes Houlihan, who can change games with one pass, but I think overall Forest Green's first 11 and their squad is stronger. So this is, I guess, a chance to, to put my stance where my mouth is, uh, which sounds quite painful. No, <laughs> yeah. Foot and mouth disease? <laughs> yeah, foot in my mouth. Um, I'm not sure, as I said, that there is a best team in League Two at the moment. But if you ask me to choose a top three, I think Forest Green would be in it and I don't think Cambridge would be in it. So just under two to one, I'm pretty interested in this one. Being away from home for Forest Green, for whatever that's worth this season without fans, it doesn't concern me anyway. In fact, Forest Green have had a better away record than home record for three seasons in a row, which is pretty quirky because that is very rare across the board. So there's something about the new lawn that they don't like as much as uh, going on their travels. Forest Green, my nap, uh, seven to four with SpreadX. Next best, George, you said you're being consistent. That means? That means I'm getting against Leighton Orient again, um, even though they keep kind of frustrating me a little bit. Uh, whilst you were talking there, I was thinking that this maybe should have been my nap. But anyway, it's not, so I can't really go and revise that. But I am all over Newport um, at home to Leighton Orient um, at even money. It's one of my strongest seconds. Well, it's definitely my strongest next best of the season. Um, you said just there, Ali, using your own words against you, it's hard to work out who the best team is in League Two. Right. Don't Please don't say Newport County. I think except for a 12-game blip in the middle of the season, it, is, it has undoubtedly been Newport County. Nice. Okay, go on. I think you can, you can basically take out a chunk of the season where there are reasons for their poor performances. You take, think of the players they lost in January. You think of the pitch as well. There are tangible reasons why their form dipped. You know, you look at the the XG tables, which we often look at, the Fox Panther tables, as you mentioned, they are top for last four matches, last eight matches and last 12 matches. We've seen a massive improvement in terms of their um, their performances recently. They were pretty good against Port Vale in midweek. They were unlucky to come away from that losing. They were, I mean, they did the most of their best work at 1-0. But it was a pretty tight game and it wasn't a great deal to, to worry about there against a side who, who are better than their league position, position suggests, as I'll get on to later. Um and they're playing against an Orient side who I, I still think are, are looking very, very poor under under the new manager, Joby, Joby McEnough. They probably might improve at some point, but I'd have to see some improvement before getting too excited. They're pretty reliant on Lawrence, Lawrence Vigarou for keeping them in games at the moment. I think the Newport have... Um, I think something will have to go very wrong for Newport not to completely dominate this game, and they'll have to be very unlucky not to win it. Uh, you know, late Orient's struggles at the moment again played out on the xg stuff they're third from bottom basically second from bottom level with with grimmersby conceding 1.61 xg per game in the last four 
I think Newport are good things. Then you add to it that this is the second game that Newport have agreed that they'll be playing at the Cardiff Stadium as well. So no pitch issues at all. Last time they played there, there was no concerns in terms of settling in. They played against the form team in the league or one of two with Bolton in Bradford and beat them pretty convincingly. Yeah, this is... Um, I think Newport should be a lot shorter. I, I'm guessing that if New- this game was being played at Rodney Parade on that um, field, the prices probably wouldn't be too different. And that, that is wrong, in my opinion. I think Newport are, are good things. Well, good. Uh, as you're talking, I, I only just realised that I had a winner in the last. That's exciting. Genuinely, genuinely passed me by. At, at Cheltenham? At the Cheltenham, yeah. The Cheltenham it was, Festival. It was, ma- it was matched at 1,000 to 1 in running. By who? No, no. <laughs> Not by me. Not by me. Um, bit of 4 to 1 for me. That's exciting. Plenty to, to head... Well... I was going to say to head into the weekend football with, but then I remembered there's another day on Friday. Um, my next best is Bristol City, 13 to 10 with spread X, 2.3 if you're La Decima. Um, and this is mostly to do with their opposition, Rotherham United. Rotherham are, I mean, it feels like late 2020 again because we've got a team ravaged, if I may use that phrase, with uh, COVID and completely up against it even more so than some of those teams back then because not only have they had to miss a few weeks not only have 20 or just around 20 Paul Warren reckons just under 20 of their players and staff had COVID in the last week or so but also they're now in the position where schedule wise they're they're in all sorts of trouble they've got four games to make up over the rest of the league and it's not as easy as just playing Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. They have to sneak one in somewhere um, and it's a big concern and they're up against it, evidently. They, I mean, I still haven't necessarily got to the bottom of how much a COVID break without being able to train, isolating at home, suffering clearly physically from the virus. I don't know if there's been work done from a heartless punter to work out how teams were actually affected when it happened. But generally, I think we can be sure that it's not a good thing. Um, And obviously, they came back and played in midweek. They lost 4-1 to Watford. They put in a half-decent performance, but they were just... They were a bit loose. They were a bit sloppy. It's very hard to to keep it tight, I think, when you haven't been able to train for so long and when, you know... You're just not in the best position to, to succeed. And so they head to Bristol City this weekend... Without Paul Warren, who himself is self-isolating, um, they've got a few sort of potential players out for injury. But generally, it's more just the fact that I, I find it hard to think that they're fresh here. Um, and I would be concerned that it's going to be very difficult for them to put in a, a performance over 90 minutes or even over 45 minutes, um, where you know, which results in them really hurting a, a Bristol City side, who I think themselves have... They've certainly put that desperate stretch at the end of Dean Holden's regime behind them. They've won three games since he left. Some of the wins have been, you know, a little bit fortunate. Um, But generally, the performance levels have improved. And it's clear that there's a plan and they seem to be improving each game. Uh, In midweek, they drew 0-0 with Blackburn. They were second best in reality, but it was a positive result. That adds to the win at Birmingham last week, and I just do. I do think new system, new manager, the level of the team has been lifted by Nigel Pearson's appointment. They'll need to manage this game well because of what I said about Rotherham. I mean, Rotherham have lost six of their last seven in the league, uh, so they were on a poor run even before this break. It was that she- that mad Sheffield Wednesday 
injury time win was their only non-defeat in their last seven. Um, and I think that for, for, for Bristol City, I'm basically expecting them to manage the game pretty well. And I think a bit like a boxer, George, like if they can cope with a couple of Rotherham barrages, because Paul Warner says they're going to go all out here um, ahead of the international break. They're going to really give it everything. If they can cope with a couple of Rotherham barrages, I think they will therefore find plenty of chances themselves to inflict some damage on Rotherham. And I think from that analogy, you can tell I've done a lot of boxing in my time. <laughs> Yes, I mean you do seem like a boxer. My 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 bonus is in this game. Oh, nice. Do you want to tell me about it now? Might as well. Yeah, do it. Yeah, do it. I mean, yeah, I can't really work out. Well, yeah, okay, let's go for. Come on, mate. M- match result and mix up the order of the betting show, which has been in place for years, and then no, and then hesitate. If you, if you take on someone else's match, uh, yeah, draw and both teams are scoring the game. Ooh, um, score draw. Kind of. Yeah, seven or two. Um, anyone who listens to the Monday pod would have heard my nonsense wisdom saying that Bristol City are going to cons- are going to draw games pretty soon because they'd only drawn five so far that season. Pretty annoying that I then forgot to do anything about it when they went and drew nil nil with Blackburn Rovers. Um, but this is a bit of probably very very flawed betting theory where it's been something like a draw where it's. <sighs> I guess in Bristol City's case, it's probably because they were so poor for so long that they were conceding so many goals that draws were, were out of the question. But they're still a side who are currently in 13th. Um, both Rotherham and Bristol City don't draw games at home or away. Rotherham haven't Rotherham haven't drawn in 13 away from home. Bristol City haven't drawn in 11 at home. I think there are reasons why those Bristol City draws are now going to come around more often. I think you kind of mentioned it there under Pearson. They're going to be more solid defensively. Games are going to be a bit less frenetic. Having said that, Bristol City do not keep clean sheets at Ashton Gate. Rotherham do not really keep clean sheets on the road. So, yeah, it's it's basically playing playing the odds here where both teams are due draws. If you plotted out the draw over a course of time, you're going to end up drawing around about one and three, one and four. They aren't doing that. So, you know, just back the draw. So at times like, with both teams to score. At times like this, I wish we had a third member of the pod who could tip up Rotherham to win. And then we'd almost yeah. be covered entirely, although the nil-nil would, would still be a runner. Um, uh, okay, good stuff. Well, I'm obviously hoping that's that's not a, a winning bonus, but I suppose for the sake of, uh, of, of P&L, you'd probably <laughs> prefer that than my uh, 13 to 10 next best. Uh, what is your next next best? Your last one you said was your best next best of the season. So what comes after the next best next best? It's, it's Port Vale to beat Colchester. A six to four. Wow. Um, Port Vale getting that. That didn't make any sense when I heard you say Port Vale, and then made more sense when I heard you say Colchester. Being consistent. And they're they're away as well. Yeah. I mean, listen to the Totally Football League show extra time if you want my spiel on Port Vale, basically saying that they have been very, very unlucky in recent weeks. Um, They had 54 shots without scoring a goal at home. They've were very, very good midweek against, uh, against Newport. I think they're just an okay side going through a bit of a rocky rocky spell again that's played out in the fox punter ratings where they rank fifth in the league um for xg and the last four games a bit lower in, in eight games but you want to kind of even though it's obviously a small sample size i think you want to focus on the stuff where daryl clark has been there colchester still very very poor i mean they're stubbling out nil nil jaws consistently at the moment and that has to be a bit of a concern but i think port vale are a team who create enough chances um, Colchester I still just don't think are very good even if they are getting the jaws that will take them away from the drop um, Port Vale the better side for me probably more impetus on them to, to build on their result in midweek and, and really push themselves away from the drop zone 
Um, so yeah, Vale, Vale to continue. Back-to-back wins for them, six to four for me with SpreadX. Good, good stuff. I'm still in League Two for my last pick of the main selections. Exeter to beat Tranmere on Saturday at 13 to eight, 2.62 with SpreadX. And I've watched the last two Tranmere games because I caught, well, I caught one eye on the uh, on the pizza trophy final on Sunday. <laughs> where I thought they were quite impressive against Sunderland at Wembley uh, in spells and caused Sunderland a few problems, but lacked precision, I would say, in the opposition box uh, and then gave away what must have been a pretty frustrating goal, quite a straightforward ball through and uh, finish from Gooch. I watched the game on Wednesday night against Grimsby because I was in at Quest uh, in a production role and one of my jobs was to find some uh you know was to keep an eye on Tramir Grimsby and uh and and keep on keep on top of that so you'll be delighted to hear that the nil nil draw was uh, a great way for me <laughs> to spend a Wednesday night and yeah this is what's led me to this really Tramir started quite well in Grimsby they were the better side first half without creating a ton but they really tailed off in the second half like massively massively tailed off Grimsby the better side in the second half finished strong your mate Linnell, John Lewis, missed another big chance, which would have given Grimsby the win. Um, mm. Which Peter Jones, his name is a shot. Which Peter Jones, I think, probably would have scored, etc., etc., etc. Just recycling some of Monday's podcast chat there. And Great pod. yeah, I was disappointed in Tranmere. Uh, Matthew Glazer, Tranmere fan, I was chatting to, said, "Yeah, enterprising first half, but didn't build on it at all." And it's very clear that they're missing James Vaughan in the manner that you would expect a team to miss their striker who scored 18 goals in 26 games this season. Um, they're, they're, la- they're lacking his fox in the boxness. Uh, and Dave, the difference, Nugent, doesn't seem to have uh, filled those boots particularly. The, their one win recently, or their one win since Vaughan has, has been out the team with this knee injury, was when they had Lewis playing false nine. And he... Uh, mm. And he's got a nice goal in a, in a 2-0 win against South End, But they're, they're evidently lacking a cutting edge. But big thing for me here is Keith Hill said he was actually really pleased with this point. I think he you know, he kept banging on about, like, don't just look at the league table and see Grimsby are down there and think this is a poor result. And I, and I sympathise with him there. He also said he'd spent, you know, Wednesday basically trying to revive the lads because they'd played at Wembley on Sunday. And the schedule is a huge reason for this selection. That and the price, obviously. Since Exeter lost right at the end to a Cheltenham long throw last Saturday, Tramier have played two full games in that time. Um, tight games as well, so no slacking off. It's not like they've been able to to coast in any of it. And one of them was on a Wembley pitch, which I was a bit annoyed about this, George, because I was, I was going to say uh, there's, a, there's a classic misconception that the Wembley pitch is way bigger than all the other pitches, which isn't, mm. I don't think is the case compared to a lot of Premier League pitches. But according to Google, it is three yards longer and three yards wider than Prenton Park. Which there you in, go. In, in pitch terms, you know, is is evidently not nothing. So um, <laughs> I think that occasion would have sapped plenty of energy. That, to me, was proven by how much they tailed off in the second half. And they're up against an ecstasy uh, team that I would expect to be a lot fresher, uh, that have a pretty strong squad available. Randall Williams is back training, but I don't think uh, is going to be back in contention. But Joel Randall is back, having missed a bit. Various suspensions are finished after that debacle where they they've they had tons of men sent off in the space of a few weeks. And Rory McArdle, you'll be pleased to hear his his ball sack gash 
uh, appears to have healed. So that's good as well. He's back in the heart of the back four. I'm happy about that. They've only conceded one goal in their last four, Exeter. Known for, for scoring goals, but good defensively recently. And that was that long throw at, uh, at Cheltenham. Ben Throser setting that one up. So, yeah, basically, <laughs> Exeter fresh. Got their two big goal threats in Matt Jay and the greatest Bowman. Uh, Tranmere with the heavier legs missing their key goal threat. Um, although, to be fair, Willery is on quite good form. So I like the price here. Extra 13 to 8, my next selection. Willery, won't <laughs> Nice. Uh, that gives us a, a six-fold, which will be on the SpreadX site. It'll be enhanced as well. So it'll be the best price that you can find if you like all of the selections. And I wouldn't blame you if you don't. But if you do, right... You just have to head to the football special section of the SpreadX site. You'll find a sixfold. From my end, it'll have Forest Green, Bristol City, and Exeter in it. And from your end, it'll have Fleetwood, Newport County, and Port Vale. Nice. Exciting. And your bonus selection was BTTS and, and draw. draw. At Ashton Gate. At yeah. Ashton Gate, Bristol. So we can't get a full slate. We can't no. we can't get six out of six and the, and the bonus bets up, sadly. My bonus is, I'm sure I've said it before, but you can get 40 to one on Mads Anderson of Barnsley to score first uh, with each way terms this weekend. And that is very generous at a stage in the season where most centre-backs over six foot two have been have been chopped into like 25's best price. Um, and given the fact that Barnsley score over half of their goals from set-piece situations and that big mads, he might not have scored as many as Hellick, but he seems to get his, his head first contact most of the time. Um, they're very short to beat Sheffield Wednesday this weekend, so I was very surprised to see him at 40-1. And personally, I will be making the most of that. So up the mads, Anderson, uh, up all the other selections. I will go through it one last time. We've got Naps. Forest Green and Fleetwood Town. Next best, Bristol City, Exeter. Newport County, Port Vale. Lovely stuff. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Um, I've just remembered, I've just realised that we should have made a Fleetwood Nap, Fleetwood Mac joke at some point, but that's dreams. a shame. That's what dreams are made of, isn't it? There you go. I want to be with you everywhere, but we can't at the moment. We cannot be together at the moment, but we can be together in spirit. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this week's NTT20 betting show. If you like it, please share it. Um, please make sure you're punting responsibly if you have a bet this weekend. And do go and check out our Bet10, Get10 offer on the SpreadX site for any of you that don't have a SpreadX account but you'd like to get one today, you'd like to make the most of it, Bet10, Get10 is at spreadx.com forward slash NTT20 where you'll also see the T's and C's of that offer. But we wish you a very happy weekend. Uh, make sure you have Five Live on the wireless on Saturday afternoon and Quest TV on the box on Saturday night. And um, we'll talk again on Monday with a review of all the action. <laughs>